You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly. To your favorite sports Babes show, Bros, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 44 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host Jesse Town and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SD Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure to follow us on all the social medias if you haven't already. So at Babes on Broad on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, babesonbroadpodcast.com. You can check out our stuff there and our YouTube page, Babes on Broad on YouTube. You can find all of our live when we are live recordings and our previous live stuff. So make sure to go check it out. You can find me at Sam Wills 18 on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can find my co-host Jess at Jessica underscore town with an E on Instagram and at run this town with an E 13 on Twitter. So now that we have that out of the way, you should be following us by now. Anyway, now it's time to discuss the one, four and one Eagles. Yeah, after their 30 to 28 loss to the Ravens yesterday. We're going to start with the positive. You you like to start on that happy note. And there were some good things. I would say my top positive out of yesterday was Carson. And everybody that wants to say Carson's terrible, like I saw all over the place yesterday, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. And I don't hate her. I don't think you know which player Carson Wentz is. (laughs) I think that's what I've decided is if you think Carson Wentz is the issue or isn't the guy to let's, let's clarify this as well. Or isn't the guy you want leading this team. I don't think you know which player Carson Wentz is on the field when you're watching an Eagles game. 100%. I truthfully don't think, you know, because the way that he plays and the way that he is constantly so not only so positive, but constantly, you know, reiterates and talks about the trust that he has in his guys and in his linemen and in, I mean, the literal practice squad receivers that he's got out there again, the way that he constantly builds them up and talks about the trust in them and shows you the trust that he has in them. That's the kind of guy I, I want leading my team like if I'm a player or just a fan that's the kind of guy that I want being the leader and and he's shown you that he is that leader and you know one of the things over the years that has been questioned is his leadership and I think he's shown you exactly what he is as a leader especially through these last couple games when you know they what does he have like he has nothing but guts and like that's all he has on his side right now and that's all he has on the field with him Exactly. And that's the thing. Yesterday, he got sacked six times for 48 yards and he just got hit 16 times. 
Um, six passes that hit receivers in the hands and were dropped. And two of those were potential scoring plays. One was the third player of the game to John Hightower that dropped right in his hands. And then Miles Sanders had one that he dropped right in the end zone. So, and then there was another one. I think he overthrew in the end zone. Fulgham tried to get it, but that's not Fulgham's fault. That was no, the one that I was but, talking about was the Hail Mary right before the half that hit Fulgham in both of his hands and he yeah. pulled it down all the way. And so, that, that was the one that I was considering the drop by him. There was another one by Ertz and there was some, there was, Another one, remember. Sanders in the end zone and Hightower down the field at the third play of the game were the other ones. So that's right there. We talked about four that were potential scoring. Let me ask you a question. How much do you think Hightower catching that ball to start changes the game as a whole? A hundred percent it does. You come out and then you're not chasing if you get that score because what it was down far. We had to be around like the 15 R15. Yeah, we packed up far, and it was like a four. It, it would have been a forty-plus yard gain. I don't know if he would have scored um, because Marcus Peters was squeezing him into the sideline, and he got scared, and that's essentially yeah. why he didn't secure that ball. Um, but it's still a big gain. It's a big momentum getter to start the game, and you're already down seven nothing, right? Like they go right down and score, so you're already well, down. But but I think that just that first well, that's momentum. Well, yeah, 100%. That's the first thing. So the high tower catch was actually on their first drive, and the Eagles had the ball to open the game. So they would have came out and scored first in the game. Oh, you're right. And then, was, yeah, and yeah. then so they wouldn't have been trailing and chasing that whole time. It, so that it would have helped. Second, it would have helped because they didn't even get a first down until the second quarter, like later in the second quarter. Five three and outs? Yeah, so like well, – we, start, we said we were going to start by talking about the positives. That's not how this is happening. Oh, but it's fine. Shoot. But so there's just the negatives. Yeah. So that was a giant negative were all the drops that Carson had to deal with and the old yeah. line that Carson had to deal with. And it's just absolutely insane. You look at this team and it's Carson and Jason Kelsey are their only starters on offense for majority of this game. And then it's looking like going into Thursday night that it's also going to be those people because of injuries yeah i would like to figure out a term that we can make up that um is going to be utilized for a quarterback getting sacked by his own offensive lineman because it happened twice <laughs> yesterday like jamon jamon brown sacked carson wentz and then he all <laughs> carson wentz also got landed on by i think a combination of jack driscoll and uh yeah, he got swallowed for one of them yeah, I, I, it was so bad, but I think we need to come up with that term because it happened. I've never seen that happen before, and it happened twice yesterday to Carson Wentz. That offensive line is disgusting. I will say one positive of the offensive line, though, I think Jordan Mailata is actually playing really, really well. Now, he did have a back yesterday, but who didn't? Um, And he it's against did. the top defense in the league. Right. He's playing really well, and I am – Excited to, to see him continue to, to grow and get better. Also, there was one point where there, there was like almost a, a little bit of a scuffle there, and Jordan Mailata was right right in somebody's face, ready to defend Carson Wentz. And I was like, I don't want that problem. That man's 6'8". Yeah, right. No, I think he's done great. And I don't even – it says something when Jordan Mailata is not even a topic of conversation, you know. So I think that's great. Um, but then we were talking about injuries, too. And Ertz, 
He's out now three to four weeks they came out with with an ankle injury. And then Miles Sanders is out for supposedly um, Adam Schefter put out supposedly one to two weeks with his knees. So at least it's nothing terrible. But I mean, that's so that's another thing. So we go into Thursday and we're going to have Carson Wentz and Jason Kelsey, who were basically their only starters this past Sunday. And then we maybe get Deshaun back. How much is that going to help? We don't know. And then maybe do we get Matt Pryor back from the illness? I think I don't know if someone specified this, but because the, we talked about this on our pregame show, because the Eagles haven't shut anything down, I'd assume it's because he was in close contact with someone who tested positive or has been sick. Um, so I'm hopeful that that means he, he should hopefully be able to come back soon. Again, he you're still looking at a guy who wasn't a starter, wasn't even the first backup when a guard went down. So I mean, it's, it's, but it's better than Jamon Brown. Oh, I think I would, <laughs> I think playing with four offensive linemen would be better than Jamon Brown. Correct. God, I think they should just put, I mean, I think I tweeted this from the babes on broad account yesterday. They should just put Jason Kelsey and Carson Wentz out there and nine skill guys. And that be it. Yeah, honestly, that would work out better at this point. And then we also had some more injuries to Kevon Wallace. That was kind of concerning. He looked like he was really hurt. It was his shoulder and the x-rays, they came out negative, but they're doing more scans to make sure and everything. He's in a sling right now. Yeah. And Jalen Mills went out for a little bit as well, but he ended up coming back. Yeah. But I I thought that the way he was holding his arm, I thought it kind of seemed like he would be, it would be like a collarbone kind of thing. Like I was worried that he broke a collarbone. That's what it looked like. Ultimately, injuries are what they are. I'm pretty sick of making the injury excuse at this point. I mean, I know when we talk, we're going to talk about it, and I know that it's a factor, but I also just don't think that there are aspects of the game, such as play calling, that are doing any favors to what's, what's going on. And I know the Eagles are big on the, the next man up mentality. I know that's a, a big thing for them, and I can appreciate that, and obviously that's how they won the Super Bowl. But ultimately – you still need to have adequate backups. And I just think in some spots they don't, and that's not, not acceptable at this point. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, we'll just kind of move right on to, to the play calling. I mean, five, three and outs to start the game. They couldn't get anything going. Now, again, there was the drop with high tower that we just talked about. What absolutely changes the path that that game started on. Um, and then also the Carson fumble, the Carson fumble hit him. bad. Super yeah. bad. I mean, you, you get your team in a spot to, to win the game, and the two-point play you call is one that has already failed once with your backup quarterback and your starting running back, and it failed miserably. And your decision is to run it to the opposite side with your starting quarterback and your backup running back? What kind of asinine decision is that? With the game I agree. Ball? And if you – when they looked – replayed it, it looks kind of – like it might have been Boston Scott's problem. Like he's the one that kind of took it. Cause when they crashed on that side, you could see that Boston was supposed to follow through and stop whatever guy was coming in. And then Carson was supposed to take it. And instead Boston tried to actually, if you see it, they both had the ball. So Boston tried to keep it and then do a spin turn and it was supposed to go to Carson. So they both had the ball and it was just ended up getting them both down and, so I don't know if – I mean, yeah, it's not the best play call, especially because Boston Scott shouldn't have been in there. But um, 
Yeah, I don't. It, it, it really irks me because I don't think, I don't think Doug is a poor play caller and I don't think he's a poor play designer, but oh my God, he, he's, it's been the worst of the worst this year. It's been so bad. And I don't think like a lot of the, the plays that were called down the stretch, I thought, you know, they really got into a groove and it was great what they were doing, but that two point call just killed me just killed me to see now something else that I don't think is being talked about enough is they're only down 30 to 25 in that spot if Jake Elliott makes a field goal that's well within his range yeah he has been bad this year what is going on with that 55 yards this week what was it last week 52 yards something similar it was over 50 now, like, it's kind of makes you wonder if he's just been that bad all year in practice and everything, too, because that Doug wanted to go for the tie instead of having him kick, you know? So, like, it's just two big field goals back-to-back weeks that he's missed. And that, like you said, we lost by two. Also, that could have been something. And it could have also given us points. If we scored it all in the first half, Yes, we could have possibly won. Anything but a safety would have given us points to win. Yes. So, yes. it's – and that's why a lot of people I see are, like, saying how bad the defense is. The defense is not bad or, well, they gave up things. But, like, they were not bad or harsh or gave me a sour taste. None of that yesterday because they were on the field the entire first half of that game. The entire first half of that game. And they so like, and that's when – The offense chances. Yeah. The entire time. And that's the thing is they gave up 17 points in that first half when they were on the entire time. So that's – its own thing. I do not blame him for that. When you can't get off the field against Lamar Jackson, who has you running the entire time, like you're going to give up points. And then the second half, they only gave up 13 points. And you like, I don't know, you just saw the difference. Yeah. You know, percent see a difference. And I mean, they, they held them to field goals in crucial points. And, you know, Justin Tucker is one of the best of the best. He's automatic from everywhere on the field. So, you know, there's no chance of it, of it not going in, honestly. We, let's, let's do that. Let's move into the positives. I actually thought the defense did some really good things. I thought Jim Schwartz bounced back fairly well. Um, you know, they still some, sometimes struggle to get off the field on third, third and longs, which just makes me angry. But for the most part, they contained Lamar, other than really his touchdown run. Um, you know, they didn't give up that edge. They had a lot of tackles for loss. I think the, the Ravens actually ended with more negative plays than the Eagles did. They didn't let their run game get out of hand. And they, they really held them to a lot of field goals for, again, an automatic kicker. And they, you know, yeah. with what they were working with at certain points and the field position at some points that they were given – you know, I thought that ultimately they had a, a relatively decent day. Again, I agree. giving up 30 points, not ideal. But this is also the, you know, reigning MVP we're talking about here. And he's not, you know, regressing. And, you know, I thought that Jim Schwartz actually really, you know, kind of came in with a much better game plan than obviously he did the week prior. I agree. And that's something we talked about in the pregame show, in our live pregame show, was that they both sides of the ball were really going to have to help each other out yesterday and be balanced and do their part. And we saw the defense do that. And I think where when the defense lacked, it was because the offense wasn't helping out their defense. 
Yeah. You know, so that's why I'm not putting in anything on that. With that being said, Jess, what are your top three reasons for the loss? My top three reasons for the loss are one, the, the two point play call. Um, I just, I mean, I, I can't believe that with all of that, it comes down to that decision. I just thought that was so bad. Um, Jake Elliott, uh, I really have a problem with right now because I, if I'm, uh, if, if I'm correct, I believe he's making more than all of the linebackers on the Philadelphia Eagles combined this year. So, you know, the, the amount that they paid him and extended him for, you know, I I've seen him not just make 61 yarders, but be fairly, fairly decent from a, a 50 to 57 range and, you know, us be able to rely on him in, in heavy situations, which this was, and that couldn't happen. And, you know, again, I don't like to put it on injuries, but like, how do we constantly end up here? There are 24 injured players, 14 players on IR. Why does this keep happening? Who is that on? I mean, we have no offensive line. We have absolutely no starters on offense other than our quarterback and our center. I, I like, I just, I would love to know who I can put that on because I would like to have a conversation with that person. They've just been brutal. There've been a yeah. lot of injuries around the league for sure, but the Eagles have just been brutal and for, for years now. Yeah. It's year after year after year, dude. It's awful. What are yeah. your top three reasons for the loss? So my number one reason is the O-line yesterday because they were just not helping. It was Carson all by himself, I think, and he did what he could and he started getting the hang of it in the second half. He saw of him having to really put the team on his back and make stuff happen. Um, but then the first half, I mean, it was just too late. They were, it was, it was too much. So for me, it's O-line number one. Um, number two, Jake Elliott, because like you said, I can forgive a missed field goal here and there, like Especially whatever, because that's going to happen. Range, like, yeah, get it. that's going to happen. But Jake Elliott was supposed to be, like you said, he got extended. He was supposed to be better than that. And now it's been back-to-back -back weeks of him missing 50-yard field goals that could be a difference maker. So Jake Elliott is my number two for yesterday. We lost by two. He missed that field goal. It could have been the game, game winner. Um, number three for me is the drop passes and injuries. I think combined, they just really hurt the offense. I mean, those drop passes could have been the difference maker for the game as well. I mean, there was, we counted off of just memory, at least four plays that could have been potentially game changing plays. Right. I mean, there were two of them in the end zone. So that, and like you said, injuries, what? Everybody's getting injured this year. The Eagles always get injured, but like, come on. It's, it's, it's getting out of hand out of hand it's super out of hand and with the drop and for it to happen over and over and over like this is the same exact story of last year same year exact before. story and the year before yeah like it's, it's just it's just bad it's and it's gotten worse like they they won the super bowl with seven players on ir but it's gotten it's we and we thought like it can't get much worse than that oh no it's gotten it's gotten way worse it's just uh, so frustrating but I, I'm totally with you on the drops and I, especially on the drops because every single one of them were perfectly thrown balls that were either poorly tracked or just, you know, straight up dropped, hit these guys directly in the hands. It wasn't, yeah. oh, it was a little high or it was a little out in front. Of, no, no, no. 
directly in the hands. The only one I forgive that we mentioned was Fulgham in the end zone on that Hail Mary, just because the fact that he had three guys trying to break it up. So like he, he had, had he here. did good by getting his hands on it. He didn't come down with it. He had it up here above his head in his hands. He had it in his chest and then he hit the ground and no one touched it. He just dropped it, but dropped it to the point where someone else could, could catch it. Yeah. I don't play Thankfully, it on for a roughing the passer penalty. It didn't count as an interception because again, that would have been another yeah. interception that was some BS, but just added to the stats. Right. I agree. But oh. yeah, I still don't put it on him. I mean, that's the number one defense. They were so good at stripping the ball yesterday. We saw it all the time, them knocking it out. So I I don't put it on him as much as the other ones. I mean, Miles Sanders, the one in the end zone, he nice. just looked over the wrong side of his shoulder and yeah. then had to confuse himself when he turned the other way. That's a huge one. The high tower one, he he had it, hit him right in the hands, perfectly thrown. But I mean, what are we gonna? Do? Okay, that's all I'm saying. Oh, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will answer some of your listener questions. Thankfully, there's not a single one today about a quarterback controversy. Because <laughs> watch that bug. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into Babes on Broad, episode number 44. So right now, we already took you through the positives, the negatives, that whole kind of cluster thing that we just gave to you. <laughs> now we're getting into some... Yeah, literally. Um, but now we'll get into some questions. All right. So at Callie underscore Dream asks us, did Ertz going out of the game cause Carson to target Fulgham more? I'm not sure if that's the reason or if they were just trying to get something going, but it's absolutely insane that they didn't target Fulgham earlier in yesterday's game. Yeah. So looking at it closely, um, the Ravens did a really good job defensively of covering Fulgham. I mean, imagine having a game plan for a guy named Travis. <laughs> um, ugh, this is the Eagles in 2020, but um, the Eagles seemed to sort of adjust what they were doing with him as the, the game went on. Um, at first, they did a really good job of making sure that there was n no opening there whatsoever. But I still think that, uh, again, it goes back to the, the creativity and they needed, to, they needed to have something kind of planned for him a little bit earlier. Now, I don't know if that it got derailed here and there. I'll have to go back yeah. to the game again, but who the heck knows at this point. Um, at T shine 300 said when, and if all of the wide receivers are healthy, who gets cut? 
JJ. I mean, you Dude, have. Dude, we didn't even mention that. How funny. Well, wait, wait, the, it's, 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 it, the question's there. The question's okay. there. We'll get to it. I promise. We'll get to it. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. We'll get to it. By the way, your Instagram story was dead. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> I am totally with you. Honestly, at this point, I don't even see, want to see Alshon Jeffrey take the field. If we're if we're being a hundred percent honest, I'm 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 rolling with what we've got right now. I I don't even know. I'll give him a chance. I wouldn't say I don't even want to see him, but jeez, I, I don't I don't even know what I want at when Deshaun and Alshon come back. I know I just want Travis Fulgham to be our number one. Greg Ward, I think I have over both of them. Jalen Rager, I definitely have over both of them. So we'll see. Definitely my bottom tier would be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. My bottom tier is absolutely J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Yeah. Um, at Jonathan Hoon asks, when, oh, who do you place the blame on for skill level of the second and third string on this team? It goes to Howie. 100%. He's player personnel. Like, he's no all question. on that. Yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that you – I mean, I think the perfect example is you had spent your number one or your first round draft pick last year on getting Andre Dillard. So you you do that. And then this year he gets hurt or Brandon Brooks gets hurt and you want to bring in your serviceable backup to be a 38 year old Jason Peters switching positions. And then he goes back to left tackle and gets hurt again. Like your backup that that's like I think that kind of says it all about how he's yeah. been in the way that he's constructed this roster and it's it's not acceptable I understand that you know with injuries it's like how many should you prepare for but the fact that some of them just aren't serviceable it's it's not not it's not okay agreed um at whence is G should J jaw be celebrating that touchdown Dude, that was hilarious. Like, one of the funniest parts of my day yesterday. And poor Miles, it, I mean, he ended up getting hurt on that play anyway. But when he, like, he did all the work. He ran it down there and everything, gets tripped up, hurts his knee, and he's all frustrated. And then JJ's just sitting there like, yeah! I but got one! Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I absolutely still think he should celebrate because at that point, they're dead in the water, and that was a hustle play. So if he's not blocking 70 yards down the field, that play doesn't happen. He's, all, he's not there to secure – He first of all, he's blocking so Miles doesn't get as far. Also, he, he's not there to secure the touchdown, and especially when they're down by that much, the hustle that is still there, that is what I'd like to see from a guy who is not contributing in any other way and has not to this point. Like the touchdown celebration, like, I think we all eye rolled. No, so yeah, like, and that, that's my thing. I'm not saying like you score a touchdown, whatever, you should be happy and you just got a touchdown for right. your team. But I just think it's absolutely hilarious how he celebrated. Most men would be like, I did nothing for that really, besides do one black block downfield. Yeah. And I so here you go, ref. Here's the ball. You know what I mean? The fact that he literally like stood up like and put his hands out, like yeah. Mom, look! Like that is hilarious. Oh, touchdown! Literally, yeah. and that's just hilarious to me. I think if you remember the Super, the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, it was the first week of Jay of Jay Ajayi, I believe. And Jay had like a really long run, and he was trying to get in for the touchdown. I don't remember what team it was against, but it was the same thing. Nelson Aguilar ugh, 
was blocking all the way downfield and Jay got stripped from behind and fumbled it into the end zone and Nelson dove on it. So they still scored a touchdown, but again, it's that same, like, but I think they were up by like a million at the time. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's the continuous hustle. And that's something that does go back to coaching and we can give Doug credit for in this abysmal year we've had so far is there's always fighting those guys, no matter how far up or how far down they are, they are out there battling constantly. And that is a testament to what Doug has done. True that. And the last question from the same person at Wentz's G, what do you expect before the trade deadline? Man, I, I don't even know what to expect because I mean, supposedly how I said we're buyers, which is incredibly idiotic to me. <laughs> like, okay. What do we have to sell? That's what I'm saying. Like, geez, um, I don't understand it. Like, I, I don't understand it. I would um, see another lineman come in. But, like, honestly, I don't expect much out of Howie at this point. Because I look at this well, no, he just put in like, Jamon. He just put in Jamon Brown, and look at that. Yeah. Like, what do, I, I just look at it, and I'm like, yeah, they need help. But they need help in so many places. I, I, but I also don't trust the man to draft well. So I just, you know, rock, hard place, me, in between. I don't know what's going on. I got nothing for you. No, I yeah, don't. I just, I just, I don't know what he's going to do. And I don't even know what to expect. I don't even know what move you could do to help this team. Um, so. I honestly, I think that the best thing they can do is just try to get some sort of continuity. I think that's the best thing for them. Yeah. And not try to force an issue with an Alshon Jeffrey or, you know, I love Deshaun and I'm, I'm still not, I want this, this round two to work so badly, but I'm not willing to, if they're going to start to get the ball rolling a little bit, I mean, Cole, let's, let's talk about it. You number one and number two de- defense that they just played against these last two weeks. And they put 57 points up that in itself is impressive. Now, did they get the win? No, there are no moral victories, but at the end of the day with what they're working with them getting more reps together, they're going to figure it out. Yeah, they're going to continuously get better the more that they work together. And if this offensive line starts to improve a little bit, I mean, we'll see. They play the the New York Giants on on Thursday. They're terrible. They did beat the Washington football team, though. Right. Now, every single <laughs> team in the division has one win. It's very <laughs> exciting. It is very it's a very exciting time. Yeah. Sitting on the edge of our seats watching this one, folks. Yeah. And hey, you know what? We're recording this at, at 4.50 on a Monday. We got Monday Night Football starting in six minutes. This is really exciting. Oh, yeah. True that. Yeah. play at five o'clock. So you know what? We're going to sign off now. So thank you for listening to episode 44. Um, we won't be able to get another episode in this week before the Thursday night game, but we will be doing our pregame show beforehand to preview that game, talk about it all and see what's going on. Um, Keep our eyes, keep your eyes on our social media uh, for what time that's going to start, because I want to make sure that we don't have it going the same time that Giovanni is on ESPN talking about uh, all of his good stuff that, that he did in his video, you know, wishing well to, to Dak and everything. So I don't want to be on the same time he's on. I want to make sure I catch that. So once I figure out what time they're on, we will figure out what time we will be just, you know, on YouTube. Um, <laughs> not on ESPN. Um, on ESPN. Yeah. It's okay. One day. Um, but thank you again to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. As always, make sure you're subscribed everywhere and keep an eye out. We'll let you know about Thursday. But until then, we'll talk to you soon. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio.
More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.